You're listening to the Joy Farmer Podcast, Episode 1. If you want to experience more joy in your everyday, create space to grow and raise all of your farm dreams, and fully honor who you are and what you value, then this podcast is exactly where you want to be. I'm Bev Ross, and I cultivate joy on my farm in the most surprising of places, and I can help you do the same. Welcome to the Joy Farmer Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joy Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Bev Ross. And unless you're already a listener of the Drink and Farm Podcast, the term Joy Farmer might be kind of new for you. So today in this first episode, I'm going to share how I made the decision to become a joy farmer, what a joy farmer is, and why I think joy farming is what the world needs more of. Let's start off with a brief introduction of myself, though. As I've already mentioned, I'm Bev Ross, and I farm on approximately 12 acres in southern Ohio. And I am the co-host of the podcast, We Drink and We Farm Things, also known as Drink and Farm. So on our farm, we have a whole slew of animals. We've got a couple donkeys, a cow that's just for fun, a herd of Nigerian dwarf goats that I am breeding for both milk and show, so many chickens, I can't tell you off the top of my head how many there are. And then we also have some barn cats and some wannabe farm dogs that aren't actually farm dogs. They are just fun indoor dogs that we brought to the farm with us from the suburbs. So we moved here from Phoenix, Arizona, and that is where I'm going to start this story on the Joy Farmer podcast. So before we moved to our farm, while we still lived in Arizona, A dear friend sent me a book as a gift, and it was The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. She said she sent it to me because as the happiest person she knew, the book reminded her of me, and she thought I would love the idea of creating a project specifically out of happiness. Well, she was right about one thing. I absolutely love the idea of doing a project based around happiness, but... I actually didn't feel like I was the happiest person that she knew. You see, when I visited her, I was always really happy and in a good mood because A, not only was I hanging out with my friend, which is always a great time and a great feeling, but I was with her in a place where she was geographically that I thought I belonged So it was really easy for me to find joy when I was with her in her space. But I was really unhappy in Arizona because at the time I thought that I needed to have a farm and be somewhere else in order to find my own happiness. So a lot of you will probably resonate with this. I told myself a lot at the time that I was going to be happy when. And those whens included things like when we picked our farm, when we moved to our farm, when I got my first flock of chickens, 
there were so many whens that I had in my head that my brain was too clouded to see all of the wonderful things that I was already surrounded by in the area where I was. So now I'm going to fast forward a few years. We've moved. I'm straight up living my dream farming here in Ohio, but I realized that I really needed to change something because even though I was living all those whens already and I was living my dream, I was incredibly stressed out and had become really unhappy again. And it was because I was running myself ragged trying to keep up with what I thought I had to do to be considered a real farmer or a homesteader or insert whatever term you want to call yourself um, in your space where you grow and raise your animals and food. Because you see, when I started farming, there was a bit of fear involved in my farm origin story. So I had actually gotten the idea in my head that I needed to grow, raise, and produce basically everything that my family consumed. And that meant that any failure on my part was going to be detrimental to my family's health, which is so much pressure. Oh my gosh, like even thinking about it right now, it makes my heart just like start pounding and I start getting a little nervous. <laughs> and if you've started, you know, gardening or raising chickens or any of that stuff for those same reasons, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I have a bit of a spoiler alert for you. I have failed a lot on this farming journey. And so far, my family has not suffered any ill health effects from it. So very, very grateful for that. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I kind of learned along the way as I was recovering from that idea that I had to do everything myself was that a lot of the beliefs that I had about food were wrong. And now this isn't a podcast about all of those beliefs and why they were wrong or anything. But one thing that you'll definitely want to know is that there are a lot of people out there that are serving fear as a means to make a buck on wellness. And it is indeed spreading a lot of misinformation. And now I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about your food or where it comes from because there are so many reasons to be passionate about food, not only for health and environmental reasons or even just, you know, mental health reasons. There is just nothing quite like getting your hands in the dirt. And if you enjoy gardening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's really important to know that making good and conscious food choices are not a one-size-fits-all. So there are lots of different ways to eat with integrity and grow food with integrity. So we'll just leave it at that because what you really need to know is that I no longer farm because I feel like I have to in order to survive and feed my family. I farm because I find joy in the actual act of it. So the definition of a joy farmer is a person who owns or manages a farm for the purpose of harvesting delight and happiness. I also find joy in actually harvesting food, preparing it, and consuming it because 
let's be real. I eat because I truly enjoy it. And I'm actually a really excellent cook, just in case you didn't know that about me. But just the fact that I'm outside doing what I love, getting to, you know, hug my animals and care for them and all of that, that is enough for me which makes it easier to recover when something fails to produce anything consumable. (laughs) And I can find joy in almost everything that I do here because I very intentionally reevaluate everything I do on the farm. And the reason I do that is because I am looking for ways to reduce my stress level, the amount of work that I have to put into each new animal or each new garden bed or each new growing area, insert, you know, all of the ways that we can expand and grow our farms. And I don't want to reduce work simply because I'm against hard work because that is very not true. We work really hard here, but I do that because I want to have time to find joy and enjoy what I have. I don't want to just work myself into the ground all the time. So basically, I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. And it's really important that you know that this doesn't mean that your joy farm can't have harvest goals or make money. I actually have some plans personally myself that will make my farm a real operation someday. I say real in quotes because to me, everything here is real, Um, but it's real in the sense that my family is the one that benefits from it and a lot of our neighbors and friends um, and extended family. And working towards that goal of making my farm a full operation and refining my process as I do that will continue to help me find my own and my customer's joy and keep both of those front of mind for me. So basically, I'm kicking the idea that you have to run yourself ragged daily to be a good and caring farmer all the way down to the compost pile. Like All of that is just simply not true. You can have a good, joy-filled life and be a farmer. So I feel drawn to tell my story and share what I've learned because I genuinely believe that I am not alone in where I ended up mentally and how. And my hope is that my honesty will help you shed any thoughts or beliefs that you've been fed that aren't serving you and replace them with ones that will allow you to fully embrace and honor who you are and your values. So What I'm going to do on this podcast is share specific tips and things that I've done to make my farm run more effectively. And by running more effectively, that's allowed me to have more time and energy to find more joy in my everyday. And I'll also be sure to point out ways to adapt them to your space so that you can apply them too while tending your farm because we all know that no two farms are exactly the same. So what works here for me may not work for you exactly the way as I applied it. With some tweaking though, I'm sure that we can make it work in your space. It just may not look exactly the way that I've applied it and that's totally fine. 
I'll also be sharing pieces of my story, which is one of a lot of personal growth and confrontation of my own internal biases. And as this podcast evolves, I will continue to evolve as a person because for me, that work is just never done. And this project is part of that work. One of my favorite quotes from a podcast that I listen to is from Glenn Washington, and he says, What I love about story and hearing other people's story is it's the closest thing we have to magic. And in that quote, what he's talking about is that when we hear other people's stories, we have the opportunity to truly empathize and understand other people's lived experiences, which can help us all see each other's humanity. And something else I'll be doing is I'll be referencing lots of scientific studies that back up some of the whys and hows of things that we talk about. So through these chats, I know that you can indeed discover a joy that drives you if you're still looking for your joy or help you get more clarity and focus on a joy that you know you already have. And I want you to remember that everyone's joy is going to be different. And like I've already said, you don't have to follow the same exact path that I have to find yours. I want you to pick and choose the things that point you in the direction that you want to go. So why joy farming? Why do I think joy farming is the thing that's going to change the world? Well, it's because it turns out Joy is contagious, and that was concluded by a study that was published in the British Medical Journal, and the title of the study is Dynamic Spread of Happiness in a Large Social Network, Longitudinal Analysis Over 20 Years in the Framingham Heart Study. So the objective of this study was to evaluate whether happiness can be spread from person to person and whether niches of happiness can form within social networks. They followed 4,739 individuals from 1983 to 2003. There will be a link in the show notes to this episode to the study so that you can actually see what it was exactly that they were measuring to come to their conclusions. But the results were that clusters of happy and unhappy people are visible in the network, And the relationship between people's happiness extends up to three degrees of separation. So, for example, the friends of one friend's friends. That would be three degrees. I know I said friends a lot. (laughs) But basically, people who are surrounded by many happy people and those who are central in the network are more likely to become happy in the future. Longitudinal statistical models suggested that clusters of happiness result from the spread of happiness and not just the tendency for people to associate with similar individuals. So that means it doesn't matter if you're surrounded with other like-minded people. It just mattered that you were surrounded by happy people. That was what influenced your level of happiness. And they found that a friend who lives within about a mile of a person who becomes happy increases the probability that they become happy by 25%. And similar effects were seen within spouses that live together or siblings and family members who lived within about a mile and next door neighbors. 
Interestingly enough, they found that the effects were not seen between coworkers. I'm going to have to uh, think that maybe that's just because work can be kind of stressful. And it turns out that the happiness effect does decay with time and with geographical separation. But here's what I want to say about the geographical separation part. Because the study was completed in 2003, I suspect the reason that happiness diminished based on where you lived in relative to the person that was happy is because this was completed like pre-social media. I mean, yeah, Instagram definitely wasn't a thing in 2003. But the point is, people did not find community online like they do now. The study concluded that people's happiness depends on the happiness of others with whom they are connected, which provides further justification for seeing happiness like health as a collective phenomenon. So what I think after reading this study is that by finding our own joy, we can plant it in others either within our physical circles, such as our significant others or our kids, friends, and community. But I also think that we can share that with our loved ones and networks that we interact with digitally because we all know how much time we spend in those spaces with the people that we have decided to surround ourselves in our online social networks. So to me, There is no doubt that the world could use more joy. And I want to start spreading that joy with myself. All right, you can totally be honest, but did any of that make you just a little uncomfortable or go, that's it, Bev has gone totally off the woo-woo deep end. What on earth is she thinking? That's totally okay. Your feelings are valid. But I really want you to know that this podcast isn't just a bunch of positivity garbage because the idea that everything should bring joy is just really awful and not true. It's not sustainable. It's not reality. We all know that. But for myself, one thing that I've noticed about looking for and finding joy is that I'm actually more aware of all of my feelings now and I take the time to honor them, which is something that I didn't always do. I used to force myself to skip over anything that was unpleasant because in my mind, negative feelings were bad and I should not sit in those. But honestly, doing that just kind of caused me to explode with everything that I had been holding in. And that just led to some even more intense negative feelings, and I do not recommend that. So being more in tune with the good in my life has actually made me feel like all of my senses pick up everything more acutely. So um, one of the things that I have noticed is by really seeing and grasping onto the joy, I have also become just more aware and able to grasp the grief that happens on a farm. And honestly, um, that has been the hardest one to adjust to. And it has taken some time to be grateful for that. But I am ultimately more grateful to experience all of my feelings more fully. 
But I'd totally be lying to you if I didn't tell you that sitting in those uncomfortable feelings longer wasn't incredibly uncomfortable. I mean, there's no way around that. When you feel unpleasant, it is just uncomfortable. But that's okay. I think all of our feelings are important and it is important to honor and listen to all of those feelings and work all the way through them. I think that in the end, that will help you feel more at peace with all of them in the long run. So to conclude today's episode, I want you to know that farming is totally hard work. And you're probably laughing at me because you already know that, but it's physically exhausting, it's mentally exhausting, and it can be utterly heartbreaking at times. You can feel isolated if your farm is in a rural place and you aren't physically near others that love to do what you love to do. And taking care of yourself and setting yourself up for success is absolutely essential to surviving all of that as a whole person. So I hope that this Joy Farmer podcast can become a part of how you take care of yourself and help set yourself up for more success because you are absolutely worthy of finding joy in where you are now. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me on this first episode, and I can't wait to chat with you again for episode two. And in the meantime, be sure and farm what brings joy. Thanks for listening to the Joy Farmer Podcast. You can find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes over at joyfarmerpodcast.com. And don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at joyfarmerpodcast.